listener. Welcome back to another episode of A Real Page Turner with Donnie Granza and Mara Maros. Hi, Donnie. Hey, hello. It's good to be back for another interesting episode. Yeah. So today we're going to talk about a little more popular novel and movie, The Girl on the Train by Paula Hawkins. And it was a 2015 book and it debuted at the number one spot on the New York Times fiction bestseller list of 2015. And it stayed in that top position for 13 weeks until April of 2015. And then in 2016, in January, it became a number one bestseller again for two weeks, probably drawing on the comparisons to Gone Girl from the 2020, the 2012 Psychological Mystery by Gillian Flynn. But this is by Paula Hawkins, and it's a 2015 bestseller. Yeah, it was adapted into a book, sorry, a movie from 2016. 2016 it was uh, directed uh, by Tate Taylor, written by Aaron Cressida Wilson. Uh, features uh, Emily Blunt and as the titular girl on the train. The supporting cast include um, Rebecca Ferguson, Haley Bennett, Justin Thoreau, Luke Evans, Allison Janney, Edgar Ramirez, and even a, a small cameo from Lisa Kudrow. And it was a commercial success. It grossed over 173 million at the box office. Reviews of the film were kind of were kind of mixed, but a lot of praise was singled out for the uh, performances, particularly Emily Blunt's performance. She was nominated for a BAFTA Award and uh, Screen Actors Guild Award, uh, which uh, was kind of considered like a contender for the uh, uh, Oscar nomination, but ultimately didn't uh, receive one. But her performance was well acclaimed. Yeah, so spoiler alert, the premise of the book and novel is that a woman on the train, Emily Blunt, a.k.a. Anna, no, Rachel, Ra- Rachel, Rachel, yes. Rachel, sorry, Rachel, you know, sees these houses every day and then a woman goes missing and she, you know, feels like she has some knowledge about it, but she's a drunk. So her memories are mixed and, and you know, pursues and comes into play the ex-husband who's now married to a new girl named Anna and Megan is the woman who's gone missing. And it's how she kind of thinks she knows something that happened, but can't fully form her memories because she's an alcoholic. So, you know, it's a murder, kind of a murder psychological mystery. Um, Yeah, it's very interesting. Um, There was one big difference I wanted to mention because, uh, you know, I do feel like the movie did follow for the most part close close to the book. It wasn't radically different, except in this one instance, and that is the film's location. In the book, it takes place in London. I think London or England, something just not in America. And, uh, but in the movie, it takes place in New York. But Emily Blunt still plays, you know, an English woman. She still has the accent. Um, so uh, I thought but, that was strange that they changed the location because I did feel that her looking in on those houses did seem much more English, like an English train ride than the, than, yeah. you know, a New York train ride because I just feel people mind their own business on the New York trains. Like, I just, just feel like that was a little bit odd because it just seemed like just the house that she was describing and the things going on outside them just definitely felt more English to me yeah. than in New York. But I wonder if this was kind of a creative decision because a lot of the, like a constant theme throughout uh, both the book and the movie is kind of like isolation and how she's kind of on her own on that and a feeling of, 
isolation. So I wonder if that was deliberate, like with moving into New York, where he she's this English woman and but living in New but living in New York, so she's more insular and isolate isolated. That's just my theory. Yeah, I mean, in the book, she does talk about her mom and asking her mom for help, and that you know she was going to you know, go with her mother. But I don't really believe. No, I, I there really isn't much discussion or, or anything of her family in the, in the movie. So I think they yeah. were tr- trying to drive home that point that she's very isolated in her own. And the other difference is in the movie, she's a, kind of an artist and she's drawing pictures of everything, trying to like, I think like piece together her memory and drawing things. But in the book, she's not an artist. Like she works in public relations or something, but she is not, there's no, yeah. you know, visual of her drawing anywhere, Yeah, which is odd. Well, I they do mention, I think, that she worked in public relations in the movie, but was fired from her job due to her alcoholism. And one of the things in both the book and the movie is that she's riding the train to to nowhere, essentially. She pretends that she has a job and just rides the train into the city for the day and then rides it back. It's a very it's, bizarre behavior, but really interesting. <laughs> they go yeah, back. and I thought the other interesting part was that, you know, in the movie, she's like enraged that she thinks Rachel is cheating on her husband when she sees her on the deck, like on the overlap, hugging or kissing another guy and she's like enraged about it where in the movie in the book she's not really enraged by it like she's curious that kind of shatters her dream that these people are leaving living a perfect life but in the movie like she's enraged about it and it i don't know it's kind of weird um i don't know if they're trying to throw you off and foreshadowing that she killed megan that she killed megan yeah you know it it just seems a little strange that i mean she had like you know an epic meltdown about it but in the book it's not really like that it reminded me of a movie I saw year, years ago. It was with Robin Williams, a uh, one-hour photo. I don't know if you've ever seen it. No, I haven't. Uh, but Robin Williams plays, it's like a psychological thriller, and he plays a, uh, a man who works at a, you know, like a drugstore in the, uh, like a, a Rite Aid or Walgreens type store, uh, works in the uh, um, photocopy shop. And he prints these pictures for this family, and he winds up like kind of becoming obsessed with them. And that, and you know, obviously, it's a lot different than Mrs. Doubtfire, but it, so it definitely reminded reminded me of that. How she got, I would say, like obsessed, but just was so like intrigued with Megan and her husband and their life and their life, and as she just observed observed them on her uh, train ride. <laughs> yeah. Now I have to say, I loved this book. I read it in two days. <laughs> I I could not put yeah. it down. Like the one night I was like, oh my gosh, it's 1130. I have to stop reading. And then I finished it the next day, but I did read this in two days. And I thought it was <laughs> a really good book. It kind of kept you guessing yeah. till the end. I mean, you start to see it unfold a little bit. and But I did really like it. The movie, I was a little like... I was a little bored by it. Like I didn't find that the mystery of it all like translated, like kind of like that psychological thriller. I don't know. Like I, for some reason it just didn't translate for me. Yeah. I took like, uh, I took like both, both of them. Yeah. The book, one thing I, I did want to say about the book is the structure of it, where how it kept going back and forth where like each chapter was dedicated to a different woman. You would see uh, like Rachel had the most, 
majority of the chapters, and mm-hmm. that. but then you would see things from Anna's perspective and then Megan's per- perspective, and that that I kind of would go back and forth between these three these three women, and it just it was de- definitely an interesting creative choice, and and that, and, and it made for me it made things very easy to follow uh, there, you know, because literally like the new chapter starts, it says Rachel, Anna, mm-hmm. Megan. At the top, at the top, or something, and then each subsequent subsequent page would have would say the uh, the character's name at the top. So in case I'm like zoning out, and we we're like, okay, who am I? Who am I reading about? Oh, okay, this is uh, Megan. So it was very, um, it was very uh, easy to follow. Easy to follow, and I know that sounds like I'm like trying to find something good <laughs> to say about the book, but I did, I did really enjoy it. I did think it was a great uh, mystery, and but. To make a point, I thought uh, it was a little different in the film that it didn't really go back and forth between their perspectives. It kind of was more so just focus on Ra- on Rachel. Like they did show, you know, Anna and Megan, and you know their relationships. Yeah, but you didn't get a lot of Megan. Yeah, you know, like I don't feel like you got a lot of Megan in the movie and no. understood kind of like what was like making her tick. Like there was a little bit, but there wasn't a lot. And and I thought that was kind of missing. And the other thing about the movie that kind of annoyed me was that Rachel talked a lot to herself. Like I feel like she talked a lot to herself, like in the movie. And maybe it was like a narration or, or voiceover that they were doing, but I don't know. And I, I guess you have to have a way to have her some have internal monologue because there is quite a bit of that. You know, you get her point of view in the book, but I just felt like there was a lot of that. Yeah. Yeah. I do think uh, one interesting thing, uh, particularly about the movies, uh, Alice and Janney as the um, detective. Now, in the book, there's the two different uh, detectives. Uh, the two different detectives uh, there's um uh, Riley of uh, like the, her character detective Riley another one I think was uh Galston Galsvik or something uh so they were kind of like more prominent but like in her and the movie her character definitely more prominent the other detective was just kind of just there you know just you know just, it was just a kind of a body just to be there so it, I guess for realism that there would be multiple detectives investigating instead of just one, but she kind of dominated because, you know, obviously Alison Jan is a you know, fantastic actress. So her role, I, th- I think, was much more prominent in the in the film. Yeah, I yeah, I agree. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the, the other thing that I thought was different in the beginning is when Megan is working for Anna and her husband, you know, she quits when they're both there. Like, But in the movie, she only quits to Anna. Like, she doesn't quit when the husband's in the room. And it's, you know, it's really kind of like a strange kind of discussion in the movie. Like, they're talking about the laundry and farmer's market, and it just feels like, eh, you know, a little dumb. Where in the book, you know, it's more like you could feel Megan's, like, apathy for wanting to be there with this woman who's not working, and yet kind of minding her child. So I don't know. It just, it was just a little, I don't know. The scene just kind of was odd to me in the movie between them. And the other character that was different is the woman, Kathy, that Rachel was living with, her roommate from college. And I feel in the movie, she was much more sympathetic to Rachel and her drinking and trying to piece things together. In the book, she wants her to get help, but she's kind of had enough of her drinking and kind of disorganization around the house and stashing bottles and making a mess. And she has a boy, like this Kathy's boyfriend, 
Damien is is tired of Rachel's nonsense. And, you know, you get that more in the book, like Laura Prepon, who is Kathy in the, in the movie, you know, she doesn't really have as much as a part as they would in, yeah. as she did in the book. And she seems much more sympathetic to Rachel's drinking and wanting to help her than she does in the book. Yeah, I definitely, you know, got that, that um, in the in the movie, her character is much more uh, scaled, scaled down there. Uh, and just, um, I do, do, do agree, seems a little more sympathetic. Even she gets like annoyed especially in the scene where she finds out that Rachel doesn't have a job and is just taking her uh, just taking the train and I did and I you know phrased it before like uh, quoting her from the line where she said you're just taking a train to nowhere and then so um, you know so I guess maybe that was to show that even she was getting frustrated that even though she was sympathetic even she was like reaching her wit's end because you know Rachel's character is just very characterized as like just a hot mess essentially but i do think i did really like emily blunt's performance i thought she was really good and i think realistically portrayed alcoholism wasn't i didn't feel she was too like hokey or over the top like a lot of like performances she just you know you could clearly like tell she had a problem who was able to make it a little bit subdued that it wasn't like comical the yeah her alcoholism it just like just pretty uh, realistic to me yeah and i'm trying to think about how the realization of what her husband was doing and all of the gaslighting that he was doing when she was drinking and telling her things that she did that she didn't do like i felt that really unfolded in the book pretty well and i think the movie did it okay you know and of course they had to kind of use a character to do that which was lisa kudrow as the man as her manager as the manager of the ex-husband although um his her manager's wife (laughs) she is yes sorry his manager's wife but i think in the movie lisa kudrow was actually the manager because she said he didn't get fired for what you did he got fired because he was sleeping around and i think she was the actual manager maybe not but like that kind of i don't think they really use that foil in the book you know she kind of comes to some of these realizations or else she runs into the woman on the street like i can't remember how it unfolded but yeah you know she kind of comes to that realization of what he's doing i know in the book and the book is different the character's name is clara or in in the movie it's martha and that um yeah i think in the in the in the book she more so was kind of like starting to like figure things out on her own but the movie kind of provided that one instant moment where martha has like confirmed confirms like made her realize that no you didn't do anything you didn't do anything wrong right. you just you know you went and laid down for an hour and then and then went home it's like you didn't you know carry on or throw the deviled eggs all over right uh so it, um it kind of was good for that um that big moment uh very like which i have seen in films that they like to do have big moments of you know revelation as opposed to you know slowly coming together with things in a book you can do that but film is a little bit different medium you need those moments yeah i mean in the end i thought was true to the movie the book and the movie i thought were true to each other yeah you know for the most part you know i thought it was very true to it you know anna came to the realization that he was cheating on her and what she was doing and that it wasn't rachel who was you know calling all those times 
terms of being crazy and those types of, you know, situate like those types of activities. But, you know, I thought the end was pretty similar with him taking Evie the baby and holding her and kind of like using her. Yeah. Um, I thought that was pretty interesting. But again, I like, you know, and when I was reading this article, it says like it compared it a little bit to Gone Girl where you have this unreliable narrator, right? Because a lot of times yeah. like Rachel is narrating it, um, although you get Anna's perspective and you get Megan's perspective, but in a way they're all unreliable because none of them know the actual truth. You know, you've got an alcoholic, you've got somebody who thinks that someone's doing something wrong and you've got another person who, you know, is essentially cheating on her husband and you have no real idea. You know, you think she's cheating on him with the with the Dr. Abdick, but you know at the end that's not what's really happening. So you've got like really three unreliable narrators in the whole story. Yeah. And in the movie, you just have Rachel, but it kind of com- compared that to, you know, the unreliable narrator in Gone Girl which I think is a, a good comparison. Yeah, def- definitely. Kind of um, had the same vibe had the same vibes and it was like uh, Gone Girl is definitely like a precursor I've noticed like lots of these kinds of, kinds of movies um, have popped up in recent years and, and, and books took that these kind of psychological thrillers and, yeah, it's yeah. a little monkey see monkey do everyone wants to um, cash in they are you know very very popular on there so but yeah. I, I mean I liked I liked girl, the girl on the train because although she was an unreliable narrator at the end unlike Gone Girl like she has like a redemption you feel you feel better for her right yeah. because she's getting at the end you know she's sober she knows the truth and you know the the bad guy in essence has gotten has come up yeah you know so it's a more i think satisfying resolution than yeah say like a god girl and i hate to compare them like to <laughs> each other because they are very different stories but i kind of like the end of the girl on the train the book yeah. because you know it's kind of tidied up for you in a nice little box yeah which is nice yeah it's but um, I think, you know, true to my usual pattern, I, and I think it's been a few weeks since I've said this, is I really like the book better. <laughs> yeah, it's a, we're pretty even for me. But about like the unreliable narr- narrator, I I guess I feel like it's kind of like wrong to call her like unreliable narrator, even though it is that device, because it's like, well, she's unreliable because she, you know, has a drinking problem, whereas Gone Girl was unreliable, like deliberately. <laughs> she was Issues. True, uh, true. Deliberately doing something doing something wrong. But yeah. There's uh yeah, so it's very, you know, sympathetic and you can definitely see, you know, in both uh book and movie, it's like she's trying to forge her own path and there's hopefulness at the end. Yeah. Yeah, I really did enjoy the book. Like I said, I read it in two days. And it's I think it's been a long time since I've done that either. Yeah. But I really did like it. Yeah. It was um, one interesting thing about the book, like I mentioned, with the, it taking place in London. Like it's very, uh, very British, and you, you know, frequently read, you know, slang, um, like British slang words, and so you know, and they're talking about cricket and saying bloody and things like that. So mm-hmm. it was very, it was very interesting there because I had seen the movie first. My my mom and I went to go see the movie uh, when it was in theaters years ago. So I and I remember. When I started reading the book and see like a, a clearly tell it was in uh, taking place in England. I was like, oh, that I don't remember that. 
very clearly was New York. <laughs> so there, um, that definitely stood out. Yeah. And the author, author is, of course, British, um, which is probably, you know, why she's usually using all of the kind of British slang, which I tend to really enjoy. Like I just I sometimes find it's very easy to read and, you know, witty, which I really like. Yeah. <laughs> Any f- uh, final thoughts that you had? No, I think that was it. I mean, I really, really liked the book. You know, the movie was okay. I like Emily Blunt. I, I, I mean, I actually just put on The Devil Wears Prada the other day, which she's created. Um, <laughs> I really like Emily Blunt, but the movie just for me wasn't as exciting as yeah. the, the, the as the book. And maybe it's because I already read the book, so I knew what was the outcome. Very true. Yeah. So maybe, you know, I went in with a little bit of bias. <laughs> well, movies you can finish in two hours and books. Most books that we've read take a little longer than two hours. This is true. Most of them outside of our occasional short stories there. Yeah. So, okay. Then anything else you wanted to add? No, I'm good. All right. Well, thanks, listener. And we'll be back next week with another episode. So until then, keep reading. And keep watching. Thank you.